Cloudface Burnham. I am Navajo and Hopi. I have been an artist my whole life. Um, I've been an artist by profession for, I guess, three years now, almost four years since I've had a, a regular job. So, um, I guess I can now officially call myself an artist. What's a regular job? Uh, I don't know. Doing whatever for somebody else. or I I consider teaching dance classes a regular job, too. Okay. So So I I did actually support myself. I I, um, co-owned a dance studio for like eight years or something like that. Wow. Um, And that was like my my income for a while uh i also worked for my parents in their trading post for years and the last job job i had was um managing a public radio station in gallup and i think i did that for like two or three years or something but so that's where you grew up was gallup um that's where i was born and i grew up uh, well, we moved to Arizona. Actually, Sanders is is where we lived. And I didn't move back to Gallup until like after I was out of high school or whatever. But um, yeah, we, we went to, my, my parents wanted us to go to like a better school than what was in Sanders. So Sanders is a tiny, tiny little border town just on inside the Arizona border. And why, Close to Gallup. Why were you guys out there? Do you have family there? That's or? that's that's where, um, in Sanders, you mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's where my parents' trading post is. Oh, cool. Yeah. So my dad's like, uh, I think he's a fourth generation trader. Wow. And so I, I grew up around all the art and rugs and and my uh, parents were both jewelers, and so it was. Uh, I mean, I I was taught to like make things and hustle. Yeah, from the time I was a small child. Yeah, it seems like an interesting perspective of art to be raised in. It's like art as the object to sell, to sustain life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah, they're still they're still doing that. Um, my dad's technically retired, but he's still like out of the trading posts and doing his thing out there. Um, well, I, I think since he retired, he tries to stay home more. But my mom still like is out there every day. So wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so was dance like your first kind of passion in art, or was it? Hmm. Well. No, I, th- I think I think it, it started um, with like drawing and painting um, when I was little, and my older brother uh, was an artist, and he he really like taught me a lot and and got me painting from a really a really young age, and I I think I was eight or nine or something like that. Um, when I first started painting and selling work, yeah. And were were you selling it at the trading post or just? No, um, well, my my family also. I mean, we had the trading post, but uh, like all summer long, we would tour with other families and and go on these like native art tours. And uh, they're just like one person would rent a hall and set up the tours, and and then we pay like a booth space and travel with all these other families and sell whatever we had and so I, I I started selling work at at those shows and I think I think it started when I was eight what was your inspiration can you remember like some of the first things you painted and like your first painting you sold that moment <laughs> being eight years old? I, I actually don't remember the first painting I sold um so the art that I did that I was into versus the art that I did to sell um, was pretty different. The art that I would sell, I used to draw and paint like watercolor, um, like different like kachinas or or um, fetishes or you know like little things that I that I would always like see. Um, the art that that I was I was making to sell was uh, much more like typical native art, um, what you would expect native art, I guess, to look like or whatever. Uh, and I, and I used to really like emulate what my brother was doing. So it was kind of like a, like childish version of his paintings really. And, um, because that's what, like, I was, I was told like, that's what you have to paint. Like, that's what you have to be. That's, you know, you're, if you're going to be an artist, you have to like do this art. I was really into comic books when I was little. And so, like, that's, like, when I when I sat and drew things, it was, like, comic book heroes or, or you know, things like that. I, I remember um, being really young. I think, I think maybe, like, three years old or something like that. I mean, I, I just remember being, like, like, taking comic strips out of the newspaper or whatever, and I remember, like, like, sitting forever and just like meticulously cutting out every little image I liked of things and I used to play with those little like papers <laughs> like they were little action figures or whatever um that's bad so I like I, I I think that's where I learned my focus <laughs> was like yeah like like cutting out and I used to be like really perfectionist about the how I cut my little um comic books out of the pages
think I stopped doing art though uh, around 10. And I, it was, it was kind of like that, like being, I felt like, like being, like I was being forced to paint um, because I was, I was really into art until um, my parents started telling me like, you you know this this is coming up. You need to do this many paintings before you can go play. Or oh, whoa. you know, so it so got you, it got really. It became more of like a chore. Yeah. Versus yeah. A yeah. Pleasure. Yeah. And what did they? What was their response to like your kind of outsider art of like cutting up the newspaper and stuff? What did they? <laughs> did they like? Um, I don't. I don't know that that they. I don't know, actually. I mean, I never really tried to like paint serious stuff I mean everything that I did with that I kind of kept for myself yeah like all those little drawings and stuff I always like just kept and I never like I don't know I don't know if I even really showed them to anybody that was like what I did from from my own enjoyment I guess I I, just just I guess what what my ideas were of art I, I I didn't really even see drawing my comic books as art at that time it was just something I did you know but like that like like the paintings that I sold, like those were art, you know, like in, in my understanding of things, I guess. But I, I, I kind of got burnt out really young and then quit painting. Um, and it was just like kind of a lot of pressure. I mean, I was, I was submitting paintings to like every like junior art show. And so I like had stuff like at the herd and, and, um, where else was it? And, and then, of course, I would enter all these art contests, like it, like the Gallup Ceremonial and like all these other types of um, shows that my parents were doing. And like I had like won a lot of ribbons and things like that. But I, I don't know. I guess I didn't really. You just felt it was too much pressure. Yeah. So so how was the response of your family when you kind of bowed out from that? For a while um i don't know I, I don't remember there being much response really i think that my dad was kind of disappointed and i don't know i don't remember what my mom was if she said anything really i just remember like my dad was the one who was like very like he, he's just one of those people that like like when he sees something and then he like wants to push you know Success. so yeah exactly and uh it's not a bad thing i guess but I am the type of person that if I'm pushed toward like having to do something that I just kind of like quit altogether, like shut down when that, when that starts to happen. Um, so I, I quit doing art, like I said, maybe like 10 or maybe it was more like 11 and did more like, um, well, as far as like my, my hustle went, Mm -hmm. I made jewelry for, like years after that and oh, that really? was and so that's what I was doing like so you for, were still creating it yeah. was just um, well and that be, well because that was our um it was kind of part of our responsibilities is like if I wanted um school clothes new school clothes every year it was my responsibility to make the money and buy my school clothes over the summer given you know with the opportunity of like these uh tours that we were on we were there i mean we would we would show up on thursday set up friday open the show saturday sunday or friday saturday sunday depending on like whatever it was and then like pack up sunday night and then monday head to the next city and um so a lot there was a lot of 
like sitting around kind of you know and, and we would like sit in these like shows we'd be up first thing in the morning and then we'd sit there all day long until like you know five or whatever from like like eight to five so we, it was just like and we and when we were selling stuff so i mean we were salesmen and artists and the whole thing yeah <laughs> and so that was that was like wanting new clothes or toys or whatever like we we were basically like given like okay you want it then this is how you can make this money so you had to participate in your in your family in that way yeah and so that that really i mean that i'm I'm happy for that 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 taught me how to hustle you know i've i've never had any gallery representation or i've never had anybody manage me or sell my art for me or anything so i'm glad i have that After I quit painting, um, you know, we were still on these tours every summer. And I remember noticing graffiti, you know, for the first time. I think it was like maybe the summer before my, before like going to junior high. That That's when it like, I mean, it's always like there, but it, I think that like that summer something clicked and I started like noticing and then I started looking for it and then looking out the window constantly like on the road with your family yeah and and that exposure being in these in all these big cities you know I started to see all this graffiti and then I started practicing it and trying it and trying to draw you know the bubble letters and whatever and it just kept evolving from there and I met a kid in junior high that was like from California and he, his older brother was like a graffiti artist and he could write letters really, really well. And we just started hanging out and I just really got into that curiosity. Like what, what is it? Why, why are these like, what, what, what's with like this art on the side of these trains? And mm-hmm. it's like just letters. And you know, I was just like so curious. I didn't understand it at all. When I met that kid, and he started showing me like the letters he knew and and I was just very interested. And I think that's what like kind of sparked my interest in, in painting again. And um, we used to like charge kids a dollar to write their name. And <laughs> we, it was like our... Like just something we did, we would always be like, people are like, write my name, write my name. Oh, like we just, write so we just it started, on graph style. Yeah, and so we just like started our own little like, just charge everybody a dollar to write their name. And <laughs> dude, that's brilliant. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but so so it, it started with with that, and then I just wanted to know more about it, see more of it, and whatever. And um, I believe it was. The Source magazine that used to put, um, they had one page at the in the very back. They had graffiti, and um, mostly train pictures. 
And I used to buy it, the source for that. And then started seeing like these other elements of hip hop through that magazine and was like, you know, I'd seen, of course, like flash dance and, and, um, break in and, but it's at that time, it still hadn't quite hit me and it didn't really quite catch me yet. I mean, I was really into Michael Jackson as well. So I, I did like, I liked to dance when nobody was looking, but when I realized that, that graffiti was part of this culture, I just wanted to know more about it. I wanted to live it and experience it. And I just got really, really into hip hop culture. And I started dancing, you know, just trying. I think a friend of mine had like a, a, a B-Boy video. And what was it? It was Battle of the Year. It was a Battle of the Year VHS. And I started watching that and just, I was blown away. Like yeah. mesmerized. And then I started, you know, doing the, the, the play pause, play pause to try to like break down these movements and figure out how I can do them and rewind, play, pause, play, pause, rewind, play, pause, play, pause. And, you know, like trying to do like the slow motion because my VCR didn't have slow motion. So um, really got into that. And then I think my interest kind of sparked some friends' interests and we kind of like started dancing and practicing. And then that just kind of like took over my life eat breathe sleep hip-hop and how old were you at that point uh well it started like junior high and then it it was like just all the way through high school like i was just that's that's all i cared about and um i think dancing i think i i danced in like the in the circle um at like a school dance for the first time when I was like a freshman or a sophomore, I think a sophomore in high school. And then that changed everything. first time publicly and then of course naturally a circle you know forms around you and then I realized like for the first time ever I'd become popular because I was dancing um and then I was just like hooked you know I mean I was already hooked before that then I was really hooked like like whoa I've never been a cool kid I've never been I was always like smaller than everybody and like picked on and I think I was um I was kind of a, a nerd, I guess, or like a, I don't know. I, I was not in the know about anything, really. You so were into pop culture. I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah, I didn't know any of these songs that everybody else seemed to know. I didn't, 
I didn't follow any of the, the fads, anybody else. And I was always kind of like outsider. And I think like that first time I danced at a school dance, that was when like everything changed and people were like suddenly like wanting to hang out with me and be around me. And I don't know, it was, it was interesting. Um, but that, so that started the dancing and then uh, like a girlfriend of mine at the time uh, used to take ballet and she told her dance teacher about me and her dance teacher told her to, told her to bring me. And so I went with her to the studio and the um, teacher put me on the spot. She popped in a, a Run DMC, uh, It's Like That. And, and I was like, cool. And as I danced and like everybody got excited and then the teacher like from then just kind of like took me in and she taught me other forms and and made me a teacher at the studio and that was like my first studio job and I think I was like 17 when I first started teaching dance classes. Wow and she wanted you to teach like street stuff. Yeah yeah exactly because it was all it was all jazz and ballet and tap and whatever at that studio and so I, I was the only person who was had any like kind of in, How did anything that make different. you feel? That was an incredible opportunity for a like seventeen year old kid. I I don't know. It was cool. I I um I kind of didn't think much of it at the time. Um, but yeah, that I, that was it, it. Definitely changed, you know, the trajectory of where I was going. And then dance became just everything. And I started going to battles everywhere and started competing and started meeting people everywhere and it was it, that that like really changed my outlook and then of course everything came together and you know I, I was meeting all these people and um I met DJ Abel and he taught me how to DJ basically um like basics and then he like put me on for my first like DJ gigs and um, and is this in Gallup still, or are you this 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 yeah? Uh, DJ Abel is uh, from Window Rock, okay. and so so I was living in Gallup at the time. And then my brother got interested, and he was also like when he he got the hip hop bug, you know, and uh, so he wanted to learn how to DJ. So he like got turntables, and we started practicing and learning, and that all started there and then we just like wanted to do everything and I mean, my brother used to like try to dance too and stuff and but now he just sticks to DJ. Are you and, and your brother pretty competitive? Um or how how no, how I, far apart is your age difference? Uh four years. Four years? Yeah. Like three three and a half or whatever. More like comrades and like learning all this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Like we were gonna have a crew and we were gonna do this, we we're gonna do that. It was cool. <laughs> um I've always been really close with my brother except for like when I was a teenager. And then once I was out of school, then we became close again. I think I, I went through that, that stage where I like hated my family because I was like a teenager and I just wanted to be with my friends and whatever. Yeah. But, <laughs> Classic. But then after that, it, it, it changed. And um, we started, you know, DJing together. And I don't know, I think we just, it, it was all about, I guess at that time, trying to like, because there wasn't really a hip-hop scene in Gallup. There was, like, almost no DJs, almost no B-boys. 
there was some graffiti artists. Um, you guys had the trains. Did was that? Yeah, yeah, for yeah, guys? yeah. Always seeing the trains coming through. That was always. Um, it was very inspiring, and and I mean, like I said, that's that's what initially gave me the bug, you know. like pretty much just graffiti at that point yeah it wasn't until it wasn't until later that I started doing artwork on canvas again or on whatever paper or but I mean for the longest time it was just graffiti that's like I would the only kind of art that I was interested in making Mm -hmm. and I love that idea you know growing growing up being like everything being about the hustle about making money and like graffiti was like not about any of that the opposite and yeah like not getting paid (laughs) and 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 potentially getting in trouble for doing it and you know it just it was so different to me but that was what like brought me back and then and then of course like I, I started getting more into like the more artsy type of graffiti and I started getting into like characters and doing that kind of stuff. And, um, and then that kind of brought me back to art as, as, um, like, you know, more like, I guess, fine art or native art even. Um, and so everything at that point now I had like all everything that I'd learned growing up and now I was applying what I knew from graffiti to that and and I don't know if it's that um obvious anymore but it's definitely the reason I paint the way I do now so you were honing all of these different elements of like the the b-boy aesthetic you know yeah were you finding that one was overtaking another and like leading you Uh, on a path well yeah uh uh dancing was definitely like stronger than anything else as far as like uh, and i and i think that that was like something even deeper in me because i i grew up um a very shy person Mm -hmm. Uh, i i wouldn't speak up for myself i wouldn't confront people that if I felt wronged, I wouldn't, I just didn't have that side. Like I was just quiet, kept to myself and just kind of like, you know, I wouldn't raise my hand in school. I, I hated answering questions. I hated going in front of the class to write something or, you know, I, so I was just like, I had this anxiety about people looking at me and dancing like changed all of that. Like almost in an instant, you know? How did it make you feel? How did dancing make you feel? 
I guess just just kind of, I mean, like it made me feel special. It made me feel different and like like there was something special about me, you know. And I, I guess art didn't necessarily do that to me because it was just so much a part of how I was raised. And, and so it was just kind of what I was supposed to do. And yeah. I kind of like always knew my whole life that I would end up being an artist. It was like your fallback plan. Yeah, of. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> if all else fails, I'll just be a I'll just artist. paint. That's funny. <laughs> My painting is the way it is now because of live art. So my friend DJ Abel, the guy who put me on for my first DJ gigs and such, he asked me, you know, because he if, he, he DJed everywhere. Um, he lived in Winter Rock, but he would like, he lived, he moved to Phoenix for a while. And, and then he did a lot of traveling. Um, and he was seeing like in these bigger cities that like these DJ sets like in like the the really like hip spots had painters and so he asked me one day right you know he started this residency at this spot in Gallup and he asked me to come do live art and so I went and I, at first I was like how am I gonna do live art like I don't even like I don't know how I'm gonna do this and I I was just like kind of like didn't know what to do so I like really put a lot of thought and time like okay I have to do these I can start with this layer of paint and then I'm gonna have to go into this and like it was really really planned out and then and then I kept going back every week and doing it and then eventually it just kind of like dropped all the these like what I thought like you know, the plans basically and I just started feeling it and seven years later of, of painting doing live art on a consistent basis it's just become like part of who I am, I guess. And I, I can't, I can't not do live art anymore. And so are you up on stage with the DJ most times or like? What? Yeah. Yeah. Next up, up on stage next to the DJ or, or, um, I do a lot of concerts now and, um, always on stage with, with the performers. And wow. it's interesting. I get to meet a lot of like people that I looked up to for the longest time but then it's like on this like mutual level of like you know they treat me like not like I'm a fan or anything but so you get to hang out with like all these like to me like super famous like artists and you know musicians whatever and hang out with them on like a mutual like I don't know mutual level being a live artist I've, I've been able to I guess in a way, like I've been accepted, you know, like graffiti is tough. Graffiti heads are tough and they're like really quick to call you a toy and whatever. But Mm -hmm. like the live art that I do has like earned respect and, and like, so I don't have to prove myself to be down with like graffiti artists. And it's something that's been like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting to me. Like I, you know, um, for example, like the, like the real Kings show, that they have every year. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm going to be able to do like live art at that. And it's like, you know, and it's like super tough people. Like you can't like get down with, <laughs> with like graffiti artists. You can't get in, you know, there's, and we also had uh, me and Randy B and another friend had a show at the Por Vida gallery, which is the NG gallery, uh, super like gangster graffiti crew in Phoenix. And in their 
gallery, you you can't get a show. You can't apply for a show. You can't. There's just no way to get it. But they, um, the owner, he handpicked us and was like, wow. "You three have a show here." And so it was. It's it's kind of interesting how. Yeah, I how mean, people's it, view of things. It's it's interesting because live painting is. I mean, that's talk about like leaving your like shyness at the door. <laughs> You're like right yeah. up there, like creating something in the moment. Yeah. That's, well, it was it, da- dancing has helped me to be over that, to be to get over that shyness. I, I still have a problem talking to people um, in public or having small talk with people. I really struggle with with that side of things still. But give me a canvas and a lamp and I'll, <laughs> I'll get in front of a million people. I mean, I loved I loved the music, but yeah. I, it was another one of those things. I had to mm. practice piano for an hour before going out mm. every day, and I hated that. And interesting, like, for all the years that I took piano lessons, I never learned how to read music. I faked it. Really? Yeah. How the hell did you do that? 
Um, I had a really good ear for things and I could pick notes out. I, I, I had this, uh, I kind of like feeling like I kind of knew where a note was going to be. If I heard it, I like kind of knew basically. And, um, I also used to memorize my piano teacher's hands, watch her hands and I never learned how to, how to read music and play it while reading it. But um, I was very into music growing up. And um, so I have like that, I had that ability to play by ear. And I always kind of thought when I first got into hip hop, like I can make music like this, you know, this kind of like repetitious, you know, I'm like if I had a synthesizer or like, you know, whatever it is <laughs> to make the beats, like I'm sure I could do it. And um, after I started DJing and then like, you know, you start seeing like, oh, that's that's an MPC. That's what they make these beats on. And got really curious about that. And then I bought an MPC um, in 2004. 2003 or something like that and um already had a piano already had a guitar and um keyboard and so then when i had the mpc i started like learning about sampling and from djing i'd already you know and of course like being a dj for b-boys mm -hmm. i had already been searching for breaks everywhere so you already had a so whole I already collection. yeah I already had like so as soon as I got the MPC it's like oh I got breaks so I could ch sample chop up these 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 beats and I just started like doing it and I got like kind of obsessed for a while and um, I just did it all the time and um, I released my first CD in two thousand nine I was at that time I was making a lot of beats for a, a lot of different MCs. And nobody was ever recording anything. They would ask for beats and then they would never actually record stuff. And so I was like getting really tired of like trying to work with people who didn't do their end of the collaboration. And one day like I made like this track and I had spent all this time and just like layered it and layered it and layered it like five different sample sources plus like sampled myself playing instruments on top of it and then i was like this is like a song by itself and you know I, of course i was like really into shadow and and like a few other like people who are making instrumental music and i was like this could be something like that you know and so i just when my friend came over and was like let me use that beat i was like not this one <laughs> and that was that was the beginning of me being like I can make music by myself. I don't need an MC. And so I decided to put out um, uh, Secrets of the Invisible, which I recorded from like the time I started. I had, I had beats. I think I had the oldest beat on that, I think is 2004 or maybe 2005. And then went from 2000 that to, to 2007. Then I released it in 2009. I just, you know, and, and, and I guess um, Shadow kind of explained, Explain it too it's like he he was saying like he just had that like when he started making beats he just had that tendency to make more like of an emotional sounding you know beat and like 
that's always been how I am. Like I'm drawn to those types of samples and, you know, really into cinematic music. I've always like wanted to have my music, like to make music for films or, and just to see that, that like that image and how enhanced everything gets with the, with the right song. And so I started making music very like, like cinematic just because that was like in my mind, like I wanted, that's, that's like what I was, I don't know, was going for, I guess, or I don't even know if I was going for that. I just like, that's what I was into. And like, that's what came out when I would get into it, you know? Yeah. I I think that again, I just learned how to do it by just doing it all the time. Um, Like with dancing, I just became obsessed. And then um, the, the one thing that I've always felt is that nothing's out of reach or impossible that I've always just had this feeling like I could just do anything at least like, like I, I feel like, like anything's possible as far as, and so, so I've never been afraid to like try something new and be a beginner and just do it. And again, that was just like, just became obsessed with making music for a while and, so as far as like music production goes, um, do you have anything else that you got on the fires coming up? Yeah, I have uh, a new album that's completely done. I, I'm completely done recording it. Um, and I'm, I have somebody, a friend of mine, who's mastering it for me and uh, doing the final mix downs and all that. And then I'll start trying to figure out my album artwork and such. But I should hopefully within this year have a release, a new release. So is it going to be instrumental? Yeah, instrumental. Um it's going to be more it's going to be more like bass music than like that kind of like hip hop sound that I had before. I don't even I don't even know if I would call it a hip hop sound that I had before, but I it was definitely more hip hop influenced as far as like the style of drums and yeah. and the the sounds and the samples I was using uh, the new stuff's much more along the lines of bass music and like I don't know, kind of futuristic. I don't know, future booty, bass, yes. cinematic. Um, <laughs> I don't know.
I, I think now this is the first time in my life where I'm not like, I don't have like one thing that I'm just focusing super hard on. I'm just kind of like doing everything now. Like, it, and it feels more like casual, I guess, than that obsessive <laughs> sort of like, yeah. But well, almost like you put in your work, you learned. Like yeah, now I now I'm trying to enjoy. Enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> put them all together and see where it goes. And yeah. The last couple questions as we wrap up. Um, where is it going? Where are you? Where do you see your work? Um, <laughs> catapulting in the next few years. I don't know. I I, I'm I'm, not much of a planner. I just kind of like I, do what what I feel I should be doing. And I don't know. I mean, of course I would like to be successful. I would like to. What does success mean to you? Though? I don't know. I guess, I guess <laughs> not having to work for somebody else mm. and, and being able to support my family, which I'm doing now. Of course, it's like we struggle a lot because you never know if you're going to make any money off of art or anything. So, but, um, I don't know. I guess I'm I'm doing what I want to be doing. Um, would I like to see it get bigger? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I don't have a, a game plan, though, as far as, like, where it's going to go. I don't have any kind of master plan. I'm just doing what feels right in the moment, I guess, you yeah. know? Yeah. Do you feel like um, going back into um, a type of art market that you were raised in but like represented as who you are as like a b-boy and a graffiti artist could be something that you'd be interested in or are you like rebellious against that i think that i i tend to be more on the rebellious side of things i i haven't i don't approach galleries i don't i don't i don't want to sign any contracts with anybody i don't want one thing um along that those lines i i feel like there's completely untapped markets everywhere. Interesting, yeah. And I think I've been told, like, over, like, I mean, I'm told on a regular basis, this is the first piece of art I've ever bought. Wow. And so that tells me right there that, like, these people aren't going to galleries to buy my art. They're not going, you know, to, like, chat and sip wine and, you know, talk about what, like, the art means and, like, talk about their opinions about things. I mean, it's just, like, there's just, like, this completely other market that I've found for myself now outside of all of that. And so it makes me wary to want to be represented by a gallery or to, you know, want to do anything like that. I don't know. I Of course, I get frustrated, too, at times when I'm not selling and I'm like, oh, it's shit sucks i hate having to sell my own work wish somebody would sell it for me but then like i don't know i don't have to answer to anybody yeah i'm not under any contracts and so like that's a blessing in itself for me and luckily you have a huge like um bundle of skill sets (laughs) to bust out (laughs) if you need to make some money go teach a dance class or whatever i mean it's just it's just really inspiring and like um it's really cool to see that you have you've built like your own like ground rules your own your own way of doing it you know what kind of inspirations could you say to young people who are starting out and might have that like shy teenage feeling or like what's your 
what's your advice to break through that and to do this art and to experience yourself in that way? I, th- I think that like the only advice I can really give is like to just, if you want something, then try it, go for it. And I, I think that like sitting and thinking about things forever and like, doesn't, I don't know. You can come up with all the reasons in the world why you shouldn't do something, you know? So I don't even think about it in my own life. I'm just like, oh, I want to do that. So I do it. And I, I think I feel like that approach has worked for me. So if you want something, then try it. Take it. What um, advice do you have regarding failure? It's It's just, yeah, failure. You only fail when you quit trying, I think. Hmm. I mean... The only reason that I'm do anything that I, that I'm doing anything that I'm doing now is just because I didn't let failure stop me. So I didn't sell paintings for the longest time, but I kept painting, and you know I never had it. I, I wasn't ever taught, you know, like dance besides like that one studio teacher that would like teach me. She just taught me like the basics of what she knew, and but I've never you know, had a dance teacher. I, I mean, I could have been like, oh, I, you know, I don't know how to do it, so I'm never going to do it. Mm-hmm. I just, like, saw something, was interested, and decided I was going to learn. Try it and, you know, fake it, fake it till you make it. If you could say something to the world, like, what would you want to get out there? Well, I don't know. I guess I guess that all I really have to say, I mean, like, I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in... The idea that anything is possible, any change we want, any, if, if there's something we don't like about, you know, the world we live in, then we have the power to change it. And we, we all have the power to do anything we want and be anyone we want. We can create any life we want to have. And I think that people tend to be afraid to do something different because it's like, that's, well, that's not how things are done. So we don't do it like that. But it's like, if, if we have that mentality, then we're just always be answering to other people and just being like herded down this wherever, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Just like sheep. Exactly. And everybody has the power to do be change anything. So,
Let's go.